0: Hello, and welcome back to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. We share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and today we're gonna be talking about five things you need to stop doing if you wanna build a positive, strong culture. This episode is brought to you by the Softball Mental Training Membership. So you know how it's easier to just take an excerpt from a book, or pick a quote, or even a whole chapter from a book or a training, and just plug it into your practice and have something to talk about? That's what we wanted to give to you in the softball mental training membership. We want to give you the resources to plug right into your practice plan based on what you and your team need in that moment so that you can get mentally tougher every single day. So you need some work on confidence this week? Plug in a confidence activity. You want something that'll help the girls be more competitive? Hey, try this drill along with this challenge. There are nearly 100 videos and resources right now, and we'll be adding more as we go. So if you want to check that out, head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash membership. And if any of you will be in New Jersey in a couple of weeks, we'll be in Atlantic City at the NFCA convention. So if you're going to be there, give us a shout. We want to see you guys. We want to meet you in person. Reach out to us via social media or email, and we cannot wait to see you there. All right, now back to the show. So today's episode was inspired by another podcast I was listening to on sales. They had a guest on who is a psychologist and also specializes in sales and leadership. So what she was saying is how she structures her trainings and the advice she gives other people is to just say what to stop doing. Our minds get really defensive when people tell us what we should be doing right like hey you're doing things wrong you should be doing it this way instead who wants to hear that right even as she was going through examples i was like oh yeah i get that so instead we just point out the things that would help if you stopped doing and that way it's your decision whether to flip it to the more positive version of that and to take action on something that's a little bit more beneficial to you and your girls The first thing to stop doing is to stop being a dictator. And this is not just the coach who yells and berates and belittles their girls. You're not that coach or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. But it is the person who kind of dictates how they should play, how they should act, how they should feel. Anytime you use the words should or this is what you should be doing instead of what you're doing now, this is what we're doing. So instead, you need to be a mentor. Mentors don't decide the culture for them. (laughs) Mentors guide them into figuring out how they define the culture. We've said this many times before. If you give them the power to decide, okay, what does our culture look like? How do you define it? They're not going to pick something crazy off the wall that you don't agree with. Most likely, they're going to pick things that you've already been modeling for them. The things that you've already been preaching to them are important. But when you give them a voice, helps them take ownership of the whole process. So this being a dictator seems like, okay, we're doing it for their good, and we're trying to help them because we are many steps ahead of them, right? Or we would hope. We're at least one or two steps ahead of them. But what you're doing is you're taking away their power of choice and their power of making those decisions. So when you do that, they just become these little followers that okay, let's just listen to what coach says. And then when they're out on the field by themselves, they don't know what to do. So we have to let them take more leadership, take more ownership of everything they do. And it's a little scary at first because for some people, your literal job is on the line. For others, it's your pride. Like it's not like a proud thing. Like you're being egotistical but you pride yourself on being the best for these girls but when you lean towards this dictator role you're trying to be everything for them the mentor is the guide you take their hand and show them through but you're not worried that you have to plan every step for them you don't have to wear every hat all the time we talk about that a lot as coaches right (laughs) we have the coach hat the parent hat the uh counselor hat the physical trainer hat we wear all the hats right but we don't have to also be their personal compass every time we don't have to be their decision maker every time there are a lot of things that we do for them and we love doing it that's what we do right we take care of these girls But you don't have to be everything, so stop being the dictator. Instead, be that mentor. Guide them through as opposed to showing them and telling them what they need to be doing. There are some times where you need to show and tell. But for the most part, be that mentor role. The next one is stop throwing them into the fire with no support. So this is something I I laugh because... I have a vision of exactly how I've done this in the past. So we talk a lot as coaches about like challenging them, putting them in tough situations. Uh, Like the big thing now is like, let them struggle a little bit, right? But sometimes we forget the in-between steps. So we'll throw them straight into a conditioning test, (laughs) right? Which is a really good test of mental toughness let me tell you it works however if you throw them into this really grueling physical test that pushes them mentally as well without any support so I'm literally imagining myself standing outside of the track watching the girls uh, do their laps over and over and over again yelling at them some encouragement and trying to like be there for them morally but really, they had no support going into it. A lot of the girls would like freak out. They were totally fine beforehand but when it came to this conditioning test. Every mental, I guess, roadblock came back up for them. And it's a really good way to see these things that come up. I mean, it was It was a perfect picture of exactly how they respond in games when things get really stressful for them. But it didn't help them. So it's great for helping them realize some of the things that they do, but then you got to help them through it, right? So what we would do is we would, uh, if they didn't pass their conditioning test, they would retest again the next week, right? So that's another week of anxiety, another week of struggling. And the issue was we didn't help them through it. So yes, we want them to experience a little bit of that, especially in a controlled atmosphere, where it's not on the field, where they feel like they're on an island by themselves. However, we need to help them through it. The other things like having consequences or punishments in practice, we preach those and we say to use them. And we distinguish between a consequence is something um, that is... (laughs) <laughs> literally a direct consequence of something they did or did not do and they know beforehand and they know the reasoning behind it whereas a punishment is when you just get mad and just, just go run some pulls, <laughs> right so punishments aren't all that helpful uh, mostly they're uh, a venting mechanism for yourself as a coach uh, so use those sparingly but consequences can be a really useful tool again though if you don't support them through it it's not gonna work in the long run to help them actually learn that lesson. So you'll be able to point out lessons, they'll get it, but then a week later you'll find that they start repeating the same things over and over. And that's that's the issue, right? <laughs> we don't want that to happen. Yes, it takes a while for us to learn these things and get better at dealing with pressures and stress, but you shouldn't be reverting back to the same old habits every week because you're so stressed. So we gotta support them through learning how to deal with these things and teach them the skills that will help them get through so if someone when they're put through that test or given the consequence if their reaction is to go inward and quiet we point that out and we teach them how to talk more get outward talk with a teammate and get out of their own head (laughs) you know this was what the thing I would do another thing I've seen uh, is players who lash out. They get really stressed and really emotionally worked up. Then they lash out at others. They start blaming. They start pointing fingers. They start pointing out what other people are doing wrong just to shine the light away from themselves, right? So you got to notice all these things and help guide them through that fire. Like, hey, in a gentle way, point out, like, you know, this is what you're doing. Are, are you noticing this? Like, what you're doing right now is you're dealing with the stress in a way that's not actually helpful so instead try this so as you go through each week with uh, adding consequences adding conditioning tests whatever you're doing you guide them through that fire more and more so that each time they get a little better at dealing with the stress so that when you throw them on the field it's Middle of the last inning, and there's only a few more outs left. They take that stress, and they know what to do with it. So again, stop throwing them into the fire with no support. Guide them through instead. They still got to go through that fire, and we want them to, but we need to help guide them. The next thing is stop limiting mental training to the classroom. I did this as well. <laughs> My uh, first year as a head coach, I did. Uh, a ton of mental training sessions in the classroom. Uh, comparatively, I'm sure the girls were like, what is going on? <laughs> but again, I would do a whole God, 45 minute to hour long session. It was great. We talked about good things. They were not in their heads, paying attention and learning. And then it was like we would completely shift and switch gears and go on to practice and then just left it in the classroom. So you don't have to get super crazy elaborate about it but you need to bring these lessons at least the language onto the field with you so hey if you just talked about culture point out the things that they're doing well when you get to practice like hey that is an example of our positive culture and that's an example of communicating hey this is an example of picking up a teammate pointing things out like that it seems simple but it's a big deal they've got so much else going on in their minds they've got so much else going on just in their lives in general that you pointing out those little things brings their attention to the positive and the things that they're already doing right it's amazing how empowering that is so yes it's much easier to do the education piece in the classroom It is distracting to do on the field. (laughs) I've tried doing it just in the dugout Um, or like trying to work it into uh, like warm up time or drill time. It's really distracting. So you you do need to separate out that way so that you can get them sitting and focused. But you need to actually apply these lessons when they're doing the actual skill. If you want to build that mental muscle memory. The same thing as physical skills, right? Start with a, a drill. I, I love defense. So I'm going to go defense here. So work on a short hop drill, right? You want to work on that today. That's something we always do. You start them on their knees, right? That's biggest ones to isolate and make him focus on that one little thing, but then you build them up. So start on their knees, working on some glove work, get up to their feet, start moving through the ball. Then it's a Throwing ball to them from a little further away, then it's off the bat with some reps, and then it's in game. It's a progression, right? So, why do we stop the progression with mental game at the very first step? (laughs) We'll go more to that in the next episode, actually. Um, But for now, we need to just make sure that we keep in mind that we learn best by doing. So, the education piece is just the beginning. And then if we keep Reinforcing these ideas and keep talking about them within all the physical drills I'm doing within practice within games. That's how it's really going to stick. So stop limiting mental training to the classroom. Incorporate it into everything. And a bonus tip: how to make that a little bit simpler because that seems a little daunting even as I say it. Pick one thing a day. <laughs> so if your focus of the day is goal setting, just talk about goals that day. Like, okay, well, what was your goal? Is this working you towards it? Um, keeping little things like that, which brings me to my next stop, which is to stop overcomplicating things. And this is me looking in the mirror at myself. I have to tell myself this every day. If you're an overcomplicator, uh, like myself, uh, you will keep doing it (laughs) because your brain just thinks of too many ideas and then you just have to narrow them down. So it's a learning process for us as well. Um, but the key is to just keep reminding yourself, keep it simple. And the most important thing is the person, right? So no matter how elaborate our practice plan is, no matter how many drills we think we can squeeze in there, (laughs) what really matters at the end of the day is if you make a connection with one player, not necessarily a personal connection, that's a bonus, But if you can help them make a connection to something they're learning, that is the key. And even if it's just one little thing, think back to when you were playing, when you were in school. Do you remember every single lesson that the teachers went through? No, you remember a couple little nuggets. But those nuggets, if they were meaningful enough and they came from a good place, they stick with you. And what we don't want to do is just leave the nuggets up to chance, right? Like, hope they get something from this. You want to be more purposeful. We talked about this in a couple episodes ago. Be purposeful with what you do. And that even goes to being purposeful about keeping it simple and keeping it about the person. Be present. Ask questions and move them just one step further, Even if that's just getting them through today, you don't need to solve all the problems from last weekend's games in one practice, right? Oh, man, how many times have I tried to do that? I mean, I remember back to my playing days, we had a good, bad, ugly list. (laughs) and throughout the game everyone would add to it good those things were good whatever we just like wrote them down like nice job everyone this is a good thing during the game but bad and ugly were things we needed to work on so bad was okay we missed this play it wasn't that didn't really hurt the game but we need to work on it ugly was like oh my gosh I can't believe we did this (laughs) gotta figure this out before the next practice and it was a whole list right so then I adopted this, a similar thing as I was coaching and then I would have a whole laundry list of things I had to get to in practice, right? <laughs> or how about even at the beginning of season or we're getting close to in between seasons now going from fall to spring, but do you have a list of things you want to cover? <laughs> right? We all do, right? You have that list, but then what do you do with it? If you keep it simple, you realize that, okay, The development piece is always going to be messy, but even if we fail, a whole practice was a failure. They didn't really learn anything. Uh, Maybe you made it too hard and they failed at all the drills you gave them. Maybe it was a really off day for some other reason outside of practice. If you fall forward, you're still moving towards your goals, right? So I really like that phrase, fail forward. I don't know who coined it. It was not me. But how much pressure does that take off? Like, no matter what, even if I create the worst practice plan or no practice plan at all, ooh, if you're listening to this, you probably wouldn't do that. But (laughs) what if you just had the worst practice plan, but still got one lesson from it? That's failing forward. So that takes a ton of the pressure off, right? So, keep it simple. If you're wondering about a kid, ask her what's going on. Have you ever done that? (laughs) Oh, let me go talk to my assistant and discuss what could be going on with this kid for 20 minutes. And then, oh, we've got to get back to practice. Let's move on. (laughs) Never actually talk to the kid, right? Keep it simple. It's about them. Don't waste your brain power overcomplicating things. You can't cover everything in one day and you shouldn't. So focus on one or two things and mainly focus on the girls because a lot of times you'll find that this practice plan that you put hours into I put hours into my practice plans (laughs) making sure everyone was lined up right in the right groups making sure the groups were balanced making sure people mixed up partners oh what does this person need to work on today oh maybe I should shift them to this Way overdoing it, right? When really all I needed to go, do was get to practice, notice this one girl was off, have a quick conversation with her, and boom, there's my impact for the day. And I could have checked it off right then, right? But overcomplicating things is kind of the opposite of what you want to do there. So don't overcomplicate things, keep it simple. And the fifth one stop only telling them what they should or shouldn't be doing. So again, we'll talk about this in the next episode, but we say these things all the time, right? Relax out there. Stop being so hard on yourself. Hey, we got to be good teammates. Or believe in yourself. Or how about this one? You have to learn to be okay with failure. (laughs) And these are all the big ideas and big things for sports psychology and for performance, right? And they're all true, but just telling them what they should do, doesn't move the needle it doesn't get them any further it doesn't help them so what we do is you have to first model it you want them to be okay with failure yet you're flipping out every time something goes wrong it's not gonna work you want them to stay calm under pressure but you're out there yelling at the umpire because you're frustrated with the call hey they're gonna pick up on that um Or maybe you're a more quiet coach and whenever things get tough, you get quieter and you sit on your bucket and you get back to your notes and you're sitting there not saying anything to them. They pick up on everything. So make sure first and foremost, we're modeling it for them. So we coaches are pretty good at the preaching part, telling them what they should be doing. It's intuitive and we've been hearing it long enough. So that's a good place to start telling stories to show them hey, this is what it looks like to be mentally tough to have a strong, positive culture. All those things. But then we need to move on to teaching, which, hey, if you guys are here, you're you're learning the language and the strategies for teaching it. So you're already on the way there. And then moving it into the actionable steps of training and ingraining. Again, we're going to dig into that next week. Uh, but you need to know that you are well on that path. It doesn't have to feel overwhelming, but... Once we get there, that's how you're going to take someone from what they should do to giving them this vision of what they can do and then giving them the tools to get there. So those are five things, but I have a sixth one. The last one is to stop doubting yourself. I've heard this from so many of our coaches where they tell me like, hey, thank you so much for saying that one thing. Like, It feels so nice to hear that I'm not the only one going through this or sometimes I just doubt myself and I hope that I'm doing the right things for my girls I even heard this on another podcast a coach of 30 plus years uh not in softball but another sport very very successful has been educating other coaches for a long time and done a really good job made a really big impact and even this coach said When asked what keeps her up at night, she said, wondering if I've done enough. Have you ever been there? Like, uh, I just hope I've done enough for these girls. I hope I'm doing everything I can. And while it is very important to always check ourselves to make sure we're doing the right things to keep the girls on track and help move them forward, it's a whole other thing to beat ourselves up and stress and worry about the what ifs. So... Step one, if you're listening to a podcast like this, it shows, A, you care, and B, you're the type of person who'll put in the work to learn in order to help their girls. So check that off. Like You don't ever need to doubt that you're the type of person who's going to make a huge impact ever again. You are that type of person. Now you just have to make sure that you're doing one thing every day to help your girls, even if that's just asking a good question that gets them thinking, even if that's just teaching them one new thing, even if that's just listening and letting them vent, even if that's just letting them play and letting them experience that joy. I have most likely taught your girls the phrase, get 1% better, right? And I think as coaches, we forget that for ourselves. (laughs) So 1%, what does that look like at a practice? What does 1% better for the team look like if we were to evaluate it? It could be any of these things we just mentioned, but you have to define it, reflect on every practice and say, hey, did we get 1% better somehow today? Was it learning from past mistakes? Was it preparing for the next games for the upcoming season? Was it learning one new skill? Was it learning what it takes to be a competitor? There are so many things we can teach our girls. As long as we are being intentional and being purposeful with every practice, we will get at least 1% better every time as long as we focus in on that. And even if we mess it up, fail forward and learn from it. So to recap, here are the five, nope, six things to stop doing if you want to build a positive, strong culture. Stop being a dictator. Be a mentor instead. Stop throwing them into the fire with no support. Guide them through the fire instead. Stop limiting mental training to the classroom. Incorporate it into everything. Stop overcomplicating things. Keep it simple. Stop only telling them what they should or shouldn't be doing. Teach, train, and ingrain the lessons instead. And finally, stop doubting yourself. Believe that no matter what you do as a coach, you are in it for the right reasons and you have the will to keep learning and keep getting better for your girls. So if you stop doing those things and flip it to the positive, you too will build a strong positive culture that lasts season to season that your girls will take with them as they go through their softball careers and even beyond. Thank you for listening today and thank you for joining us for another week. Again, if you'd like to have more actionable resources that you can build into your practices and actually get these girls on the field practicing things like focus and living their why and being confident, head to mentalsweetspot.com forward slash membership to learn more. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one.